Welcome to Rama for Today. Tell you a number of interesting things. He said one day I knocked on his door. See, Wigglesworth's over in his 80s now. And he said I knocked on the door and uh, uh, he'd bought him a newspaper, had that newspaper under his arm. And Wigglesworth, you know, came to the door and saw him, invited him in. He started in, Wigglesworth grabbed it. No, said, you can't bring that newspaper in here? No, sir. Took hold of it and throwed it to one side. Said, you can't bring that newspaper in my house. I don't allow anything in my house that's talking about what the devils are doing. But you ever know, that's all they talk about is what the devils are doing. Rape, murder, burglary. All the report is what the devil's done. Amen. He wouldn't let one of them in his house. Amen. I don't know. You're more and more, you're sort of convinced that he is just about right about the matter. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan and his series on Praying for Your Nation. Well, I thought we was topping tall cart. We got an electric refrigerator. Yes, sir. But nonetheless, before we got all those, you know, I remember Grandpa used to kill hogs. Well, see, they would salt that meat down to preserve it. Salt is a preservative. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sure. Some of the older ones do particularly. Well, you see, he said, you're the salt of the earth. You see, this world is bad enough, no doubt about that, just like Sodom and Gomorrah was bad enough. But if it wasn't for the Christians, it would certainly be rotten. Amen. Amen. Because you're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden underfoot of men. Amen. Well, have we lost our savor? No, thank God we can still change things in prayer. We can still get the job done. We can hold back judgment, even on the unsaved. We can give them a little more time to hear the gospel. So God told Abraham that if there were 10 righteous found in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would spare the cities. Well, now you get over on one side, and it's certainly true, all right, but nobody's told you something you don't know. You can get talking about crime here in America. You get talking about the drug scene. You get talking about everything that's happening. And you go to church, they give you all them statistics, and you go home with all them statistics hanging over your head. You feel like you're, you know, sort of like the last leaf of summer. (laughs) But I believe there are more than 10 righteous people in America. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't you? In fact, I know they are. We got more than that right here. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that there are people who will take their place in prayer just as Abraham did in intercession. If we will, we can change things. And it doesn't take a great number to do it. Notice that Abraham, just one man are doing it. That's one man. Too many times we read in the newspapers, and I'll tell you, the older I get, the more I I come to agree with Smith Wigglesworth. Now, you folks, uh, you know, uh, because I don't say, I I don't think Brother Sumrall's been here in the last two years, but he comes every once in a while, and, you know, he's been in the ministry for over 50 years now. 
And he can tell you a lot of interesting things because he's preached all around the world for years, 80 different countries. But when he was a young man, he lived for three years there in Great Britain. He said, I'd go see Brother Wigglesworth now every day. Tell you a number of interesting things. He said, one day I knocked on his door and see Wigglesworth's over in his 80s now. And he said, I knocked on the door and uh, he'd bought him a newspaper, had that newspaper under his arm. And Wigglesworth, you know, came to the door and saw him, invited him in. He started in, Wigglesworth grabbed it, no, said, you can't bring that newspaper in here? No, sir. He took hold of it and throwed it to one side. You can't bring that newspaper in my house? I don't allow anything in my house that's talking about what the devils are doing. <laughs> but Jeremy, look, that's all to talk about is what the devils are doing. Rape, murder, burglary. All the report is what the devil's done. Amen. He wouldn't let one of them in his house. Amen. I don't know. You're more and more, you're sort of convinced that he's just about right about the matter. Don't let, don't let that in my house. Another thing Brother Sumrall said one time, he asked him, asked Brother Wigglesworth, said, how are you feeling? You know, he said, he straightened up and said, son, I never ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him how he feels. You know what he was talking about, don't you? Because you're a faith person too, like him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But too many times, we read in the newspapers, and we hear sermons preached about what the devils are doing. About how terrible things are. What an awful shape we're in. Well, folks haven't really told you anything. You already knew that without them telling you. But if you go to church and you hear that kind of a sermon, you go away without having eaten anything spiritually. Your, your spirit hadn't been fed. Amen. I don't care what the devil's doing to tell you the real truth about the matter. There are some principles of prayer written in the book of God that apply to us whereby we can change things no matter what the devils are doing. Some people declare the Bible says that in the end time, and it does, 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. Well, that's true. However, if you ever stop and think about it, According to the scripture that we read here from Genesis, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were waxing worse and worse, weren't they? Yet God said that for the sake of ten righteous, he would not spare the city because the men of God had interceded in their behalf. Amen? Amen. Now open your Bibles to Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter. Here's another scripture concerning intercession. And it has to do with, with the land or the nation. That's what we're talking about. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 and 31. Don't have your Bibles? Well, write this down, look it up, and then mark it. Don't let it get away from it. Now, notice what God said. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. What for? For the land. That is the country, the nation. That I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. 
I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way. Notice the people are responsible, not God. He told them what's going to happen if you do wrong. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Now God said this concerning Israel. Yet there is a spiritual truth that applies to us today. I sought for a man among them, but I found none. I found none. Now, isn't that a terrible indictment? God had told Abraham that if he found ten righteous, he would not destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In this scripture, he talks about a whole country, a nation, and he said if he found one man, he wouldn't destroy the land. One man that would stand in the gap. One man that would make up the hedge. In other words, intercede for them. One man could do it. Well, now some folks ask the question, if God really wanted to spare the land, why didn't he just do it? Why don't God just go ahead and do what he wants to do? Like this verse back there in 1 Timothy 2, 4. We read, God wills that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, why don't he just go ahead and save them anyway? Why don't he just go ahead and bring them to the knowledge of the truth? If he's almighty, if he's all powerful, if he can do anything he wants to do, why don't he do it? Now, some people go off on that. In... Uh, the late 40s and early 50s. And then we had another outbreak of it back in the late 60s and early 90s or early 70s. There's some folks, they got over into what they call restoration of all things. Thank God there is coming a time of restoration. But that's not till Jesus comes back again. But uh, they went to the extreme taking scripture out of their setting, you see. Like one of them said to me, well, now, is God, you see, see, they, they start off, you know, by getting you, trying to put you at a disadvantage. Is God all-powerful? Is he all-knowing? Well, can he do anything, you know? Well, now, God said he's not willing that any should perish, but also come repentance. And we read the same thing there in, in, in 1 Timothy 2. And he can do anything. And God doesn't will that any should be destroyed or any would perish. That's not his will. And Ben is he's all powerful and do anything. Therefore, all shall be saved. I was reading that to you because the last church I pastored, 1946-47, this is over in 48, I guess, just before I left, a certain fellow I knew of him had an outstanding ministry. I never met him personally, but I knew of him because I'd been over in Pentecostal circles for 10 or 12 years. Outstanding Pentecostal preacher. Outstanding. But he got carried away with that. He's got this new revelation. And, and I read, because he sent me a, a book that he had printed. In fact, he sent me two or three of them. Not all at one time, but as he printed them, you see. I guess he sent them out to all Pentecostal preachers, trying to get them to get in on his wonderful revelation. And here was his wonderful revelation, because God is all-powerful, not when then it should perish, then all will be saved. He said even the angels that sinned would be saved, probably the devil himself. 
If anybody was lost, it'd just be the devil. He said, I used to think that my uncle, who was a drunkard and died cursing God, was lost. Now I know he's saved because God's not willing that any should perish. Well, if he's not willing that any should perish and he's just going to do it in himself, why would he tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel? No need to do it. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources, including messages that expounds this month's subject. Our offer for this month is a four-volume series on the subject of prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Each one of the volumes includes four CD teachings on prayer. That's 16 CDs in all. Some of the CD titles are Praying for Your Nation, Praying with the Help of the Holy Spirit, United Prayer and the Prayer of Faith, and so many more. These four sets are normally priced for $112, but for this special offer, they're now only $56. That's a 50% savings off the retail price. Don't delay. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rama.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Kindle the flames coming up very quickly, September yes. the 22nd through the 24th. Ladies, it is time for you to come on Rainbow Bible Church campus and come to Kindle the Flame. Uh, talk about the women's commerce. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on Praying for Your Nation. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org for other life-changing resources. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.